Hello, this is Vladimir, and you're listening to Aging with Grace Podcast, Season 2, Episode 16, Protecting, Recording Date, Sunday, July 31st, 2022. Please enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast titled Protecting. I am D.G. Linton Gridley, founding owner and administrator of Aging with Grace, a company dedicated to help people live independently in their homes and neighborhoods as they age with grace. Thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast today. This podcast and all of our podcasts are dedicated to helping you age with grace by giving you good information that you can use to get healthier and happier and live longer better. Today's topic is protecting. Protecting what, you may be asking. Protecting ourselves comes in many forms from physical protection to emotional protection to property protection to cyber protection and other forms of protection. We can't cover all these forms of protection today, but I want to make you aware of some of the threats that I have been made aware of in hopes that you can be on the lookout for similar threats in order for you to protect yourself. It's a sad fact of life that there are predators out there who look at you as the prey. These are people who will lie to you so they can cheat and steal from you. I don't know how they live with their conscience and sleep at night. People of all ages fall victim to scams. But because older people often live alone without a good support network, they are easier targets. And the predators know that sometimes older people have a little dementia. Also, older people are often lonely and more trusting. You have heard of wolves in sheep's clothing? Well, these wolves see older people as their prey. With the help of the internet, these predators can find your age and phone number and call you, pretending to be someone else. There have been actual people cheated by predators pretending to be their grandchildren, to be utility companies, social security representatives, Medicare representatives, court system representatives, federal, state, and local tax collectors, sheriff, and police, and others. My advice is to never answer your phone unless you know the person who is calling you personally. Most of us have caller ID these days, and if you don't, you can use an answering machine. The person calling you can leave a message. If you do choose to answer your phone and someone claims to be someone important to you and they want something from you, don't talk with them further until you validate that they are who they say they are By hanging up, look up that number, the real number, call the real number that you know is the real number, and ask questions to find out if the caller was legitimate. For example, about four years ago, I got a call from the electric company here in Lexington. It even came up on my caller ID as the electric company here in Lexington. They said I owed 200 and some dollars or they were going to disconnect my power. I had two accounts one for my company and one for my home at that time, but I was pretty sure they were both paid up. The predator on the other end of the phone said they had read the meter or something. I, It was four years ago, so I can't remember exactly, but I remember it sounded a little strange to me, so I said, I'm going to hang up and check this out before giving you my credit card information. But what really threw me was that it came up on my caller ID as the electric company. But I called the electric company, and they said it was a scam, and that other people had called them about it. Another time, about five years ago, before our company had an IT support system, I was working on the computer, and a notice came up on the computer screen that my computer was at risk, and Microsoft needed me to call the number on the notice. So I called. 
They were so convincing, and my coworker that I was working with at the time encouraged me to sign up for the protection they offered. I remember they said something to scare me. I think they said something about my computer was going to crash if I didn't let them help me. <laughs> help me in quotation marks. <laughs> I wasted $300 on that so-called protection. I found out later it was a scam. The best way to prevent something like this from happening to you is to buy a reputable malware protection system for your computer. And I had I had a malware system at that time, but for some reason they convinced me that it wasn't working and that I needed to pay them money. I can't understand it, but if if you get a, a notice like this or if somebody calls you and they rush you and say that you have to buy it now or else, then it's probably a scam. And I get scam emails every day, several of them, every day, and that's with a good spam filter. I'm very aggressive about not replying to or opening any emails from somebody unless I'm super convinced that it's legitimate. In fact, I probably have ignored some legitimate emails because I was so suspicious of them. I have been contacted by people when I ignored their email and they were legitimate. But scammers often send multiple emails too, so that's no guarantee that they're legitimate just because they send you an email over and over. Whatever you do, don't click a link in a suspicious email. I don't think there's any great harm in replying to an email that's suspicious, but clicking on a link can download viruses and other malware to your computer. The funniest scam emails I get are the ones that say, I have just inherited a lot of money and I want to partner with you to invest it, or something similar to that. It's laughable, really, but some people fall for it, apparently, because they keep sending that type of thing. We recently had a presentation. They came to our Fountain of Youth Clubhouse, two ladies from the Medicare Patrol, headquartered in Louisville, Kentucky. They told us that one of the most popular scams involved people being instructed to buy gift cards so they can win money. That's another scam. If anybody tells you that you have to spend money to win money, it's a scam, no matter what the amount of money. And if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Another scam that I've been aware of and know some people who are falling, who have fallen for it personally is the contractor scam. My friend who lives in Cincinnati had a big ash tree behind her house that fell victim to the emerald ash borer insect infestation that hit our area about 15 years ago. A good-looking young man knocked on her door and offered to take the tree out for a certain amount of money. She said, okay, I'll pay you half now and half when you finish. They did very little work and left their equipment in her driveway as a guarantee that they would be back, but when she wasn't home one day, they came to get the equipment and they never finished and she didn't see them again. She hadn't asked to see their contracting license and didn't have any forwarding names or addresses or phone numbers or any way to press charges. I heard another story where some men came to people's houses offering to resurface asphalt driveways, and they did the same thing. They took the money and ran. And these same people, these criminals that were scamming people with the driveway, um, the contractors who said they would resurface the driveway but never did. These same people discovered one woman who had dementia and they kept coming back to her house over and over to collect a check. Fortunately, those men were found out and arrested. Older folks living alone often fall prey to people who pose as friends. That's another 
kind of scam. You may have heard of the so-called romance scams. I get these invitations all the time on Facebook. To me, they are very obvious and laughable, but I suppose if someone is very lonely, they might ignore the red warning flags. The red flags are, they don't have very many pictures in their account. They don't have a job or a workplace or a history connected to their account. Most often, they are from other countries. They convince their target, their victim, to send money to them, and then they ghost them. There's nothing our government can do about it because they're overseas and there's no way to trace them. But I've also heard of real-life people that were neighbors or fellow church members of the older person, but their intentions of befriending the older person was for personal gain. They groomed the older person for months and sometimes years in hopes of taking them for all they're worth. Most often, though, it's family members who steal an older person's money and leaves them penniless in their older years. The older person has to rely on Medicaid and government assistance for their basic needs. Exploitation is the second most common form of elder abuse. I mentioned to you in another podcast that self-neglect is the most common form of elder abuse. I don't want you to think that you have to go through life mistrusting everyone. The best thing is to keep engaged, keep, keep yourself engaged socially. Join clubs and participate in activities regularly. Share with others when something happens to you that doesn't seem right. Communicate to others if you feel taken advantage of. A lot of people don't report exploitation because of embarrassment. Please don't be embarrassed. We are all human and we make mistakes. Sharing with others and being engaged socially takes self-discipline and determination, but it's worth it. And when you share with others, you're helping them. It, it might prevent them from getting scammed. Attending the Aging with Grace Fountain of Youth Clubhouse regularly can do a lot to prevent exploitation. In our seven-year history, we have prevented several cases of exploitation from happening to our members. If you have listened to my other podcasts, you have probably heard me say that joys shared are joys doubled and sorrows shared are sorrows halved. Well, exploitations shared are exploitations cut in half too. <laughs> when we come together as a group, we can have a positive attitude toward people and at the same time realize that they might not be who they say they are. In other words, don't give people money. Don't give anybody money. If they're asking you for money or anything else, they are not your friend and you should stop associating with them. If they force themselves on you, call the police. In Kentucky, it is a crime to exploit older people and it is the law that even if you only suspect abuse, including exploitation, you should call the police. Their number here in Lexington, Kentucky is 859-258-3600. And of course, if it's an emergency, you should call 911. And 1-800-752-6200 is the number for reporting elder abuse in Kentucky of any kind, but know that when you call them, it will take a while for your case to be worked. Another form of protecting ourselves from predators has to do with the grocery store and the gas station. I have had people come up to me in the parking lot of grocery stores and while I was getting gas at the station asking for money over and over. This has happened to me over and over. It can happen anywhere, really. I've also had it happen multiple times while walking around in a city, including Lexington. The people that come up to me all have different stories, and yet their stories were all the same. They all had some problem, like somebody was sick, 
or their car was broken, or they just ran out of gas, or they were disabled, and they have approached me and asked me for money. I have been to several presentations by the Homeless Council here in Lexington, and they have instructed people not to give these people that ask for money money. I never carry cash, so I'm honest when I say I don't have any money to give you. The Homeless Council says that they have many places to go where they can get food and shelter if they can pass a drug and sobriety test. And if they can't pass the drug and sobriety test, there's a place for them to go for that too. In any case, I can't help them and neither can you unless you're a professional in that area. Please don't give them money. But I guess it's okay to give them food or take them out to eat. But I choose not to do that personally because I'm hoping if they're hungry enough, they will go get food somewhere at one of these shelters where they can get help and get a job and buy their own food. And speaking of parking lots at the grocery store, I was the victim of an attempted robbery years ago when my children were still little and I was waiting in the car while my father and husband and the children were in the grocery store. The man wanted to steal the van I was in. I was stupidly reclining in the back with all the windows and doors open because it was July, the 4th of July. The keys were in the ignition. I refused to get out of the van and argued with him even though he had a knife, but fortunately my family came out of the store and he ran away. And I personally know two older women here in Lexington who are victims of purse snatching in the Kroger parking lot. One of them fought off her attacker while she was screaming very loudly. <laughs> he ran away. The policeman in her case and in my case told her and told me that we should not argue or fight off an attacker. We both could have been killed. Just know that these things do happen and take measures accordingly. Don't sit in your car with all the windows and doors open, even if it's broad daylight, as in my case. Don't leave your keys in the ignition. If it's at night in the light, I mean, if it's at night, park in the light and close, and close to the door. If possible, go to the store with a friend or family member or do the store pickup thing. I'm not crazy about ordering online and picking up at the store myself, but I know many other people love it. If I'm going to order online, I prefer they deliver it. To me, it's worth the delivery fee to avoid having to carry it all in. <laughs> but most of the time, Michael does the shopping, and I'm very thankful for that. Another scam that just came to my mind is automatic drafts from my banking account that I didn't authorize. You have to check your bank statement daily, weekly, or at least monthly to make sure that no one has gotten your debit card number and is withdrawing money without your permission. That's happened to me several times. Usually, at least in my case, the bank forgives the charges. I've also had my purse stolen three times, but I called the bank and canceled my credit cards and debit cards and I didn't have to pay for the fraudulent charges. For families that have people coming into the home to provide services, I encourage the use of security cameras. These cameras don't cost much, and they provide an extra layer of accountability and oversight. I am convinced that hiring someone from an agency, from a company that has background checked and that supervises and trains the employee regularly, is preferable to hiring a single person that is working as a contractor. In other words, I think it's dangerous to hire someone that's only responsible to themselves for the work that they perform in your home. I have heard too many stories of people who were hired to care for an older person in their home only to discover that that, 
they hired someone to care for an older person in their home, only to discover that that person was stealing from them. And at Aging with Grace, we do local, state, and federal fingerprinted background checks on all of our at-home service providers. And we do multiple abuse registry checks. Even so, we have had to terminate a few employees over the years for behavior that was less than ethical, less than the high standard of ethical behavior that we desire and expect. I teach the eight ethical tests to my employees. Number one, the golden rule test. Would I want people to do this to me? Number two, the truth test. Does this action represent the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Number three, the what if everybody did this to me test. Would I want everyone to do this? In other words, lie, cheat, steal, steal, litter, etc. Would I want to live in that kind of world? Number four, the parents test. How would my parents feel if they found out I did this? What advice would they give me if I asked them if I should do it? Number five, the religion test. If I have religious beliefs, how do they apply to this action? What would a respected member of my religion advise? Are there any religious texts that I could draw on for guidance? Number six, the conscience test. Does this go against my conscience? Would I, when I, would I feel guilty afterwards? Number seven, the consequences test. Might this action have bad consequences such as damage to relationships or loss of self-respect now or in the future? Might I come to regret doing this? Number eight, the front page test. How would I feel if my action were reported on the front page of my hometown newspaper? That was by Tom Lacona from his book titled Character Matters. The number eight front page of the newspaper test should probably be, how would I feel if my action was all over social media? (laughs) Most people don't read the newspaper these days. That's how I like to keep up on the news myself, though, because television newscasters put too much emotion into their news, and of course there are the commercials. I know I could search the internet for news, but the paper always has local news and events that I would not know to search for. These last couple of years, I've trusted Michael to read the paper, and then he tells me the important stuff. It saves me time and is much less stressful. Thank you, Michael. I hope this podcast gives you encouragement that there is hope for protecting yourself. I hope you can have relationships that are beneficial to everyone concerned. Whatever you do, don't close yourself off from everyone because you're trying to protect yourself. Because when you close yourself off, that's when you're the most vulnerable. Keep engaged and active. Join the Fountain of Youth Clubhouse or some other form of support. Join a group where you feel supported. I don't mean that we're a support group at Aging with Grace. I just mean that we offer lots of services and uh, advice for people. Until... Until next time, I'm wishing you happy memories, and thanks again for listening to the Aging with Grace podcast. This is D.G. Linton Gridley saying bye for now. Hello, listeners. This is Vladimir again, and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the last episode. For more information about Aging with Grace, please go to agingwithgraceinfo.org. That's agingwithgraceinfo.org. Thank you, and see you in the next one. The health club for seniors is your kind of place, so come and join us and age with grace.